This episode of the Movie Scramble podcast is a spoiler special for Rise of Skywalker. We will be discussing the film in depth right from the very beginning and giving a lot of plot points away from the first, second and third act. So if you haven't seen it, please hit pause now, go away, watch the film and then come back and listen to our chat. Thank you very much. Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of napalm in the morning. okay that we're here it's okay that you're here it's good does she do that to us welcome everybody back to the movie scramble podcast it's a new year it's a new decade but unfortunately you're going to put with the same old pattern from us now this is a special episode we're doing the format's going to be a bit different and we're going to be discussing star wars john how the devil are you very well yes first week of the new year and all that everything is tickety-boo um, half of the people I know are off sick at the moment, <laughs> but apart from that, everything is grand. Yeah, I'm just, I was going to say, I'm just glad that we're doing a Skype call and I won't catch this off you. Now I remember, <laughs> I'll work in the same floor as you, and I've probably got as much chance of catching it as you. Exactly. There's some special guests with us tonight. You have um, Mr. Music Scramble himself. Now, for those of you who don't know, Music Scramble started off as a sister site to... Music Scramble, and that was started up and created by the one, the only, the big boss man himself, Gareth. How are you doing this evening? And thanks for coming on. I'm doing great. Thank you for making me sound important. Um, you'll soon realise as you listen to me talk, I'm not that important. But hey, that's cool. I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you. It's good to have you in both. And we also have uh, another Music Scramble writer with us now. Graham, how are you? Excellent. Thanks for having me along this evening. I can't think of any bigger Star Wars fans that I know than Gareth and Graham, and they have kindly volunteered their time tonight to come on and discuss Star Wars with me and John, who, well, I would say I'm a fan of Star Wars, but I wouldn't say I'm a Star Wars fan. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Picking up after The Last Jedi, where Rey is continuing her Jedi training, Kylo Ren is continuing his plans for domination of the galaxy, but... The Emperor is back. Long thought dead, he plans to mould Kylo Ren in his own image and take over the galaxy for himself. I really enjoyed this film, and my mate texted me beforehand and said it was getting a lot of bad reviews. Now, I always avoid reviews of a film before I go and see it, but I thought this was a lot of fun. John, what was your initial thoughts when you seen it? I liked it. I thought it was a very good film for what it was. It's a good Star Wars film. But I can see why so many people are getting a little upset by some of the things that J.J. Uh, Abrams has decided to do with it. But that aside, we can obviously we can get into detail on that. But the film itself was great. It was a good spectacle. It was a good Star Wars film. And it had an ending that everybody was should be quite happy with, I would say. 
Gareth, you are a massive Star Wars fan and you controversially do not like Rogue One, is that correct? I didn't like it, I've made my peace with it. <laughs> <laughs> what was your thoughts then, Rise of a Skywalker, which I do believe you went to the midnight showing? I did, Graham and I both went to the midnight showing together and by the time we came out it was 20 to 3 in the morning and by 10am I was back in the cinema seeing it again. Um <laughs> I really liked it the first time. I absolutely loved it on repeat viewing. I don't know if it was just tiredness that meant I liked it or was it the, oh my God, what's happening and worried about how the story's going to go, trying to understand and follow it by the repeat viewing. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great, I mean, it doesn't let up there. It's fast. It's an action movie, as you've said, and lots of stuff happens and there's lots of implications and lots of decisions that, yeah, some people could get upset about. But overall, it's a great film. Really enjoyed it. Graham, you've seen it more than once, but what was your initial thoughts? Well, <laughs> my initial thoughts, I was a bit let down. I didn't love it. Um, second viewing, I enjoyed it a lot more. Star Wars was the first film I saw in the cinema when I was two. And then coming to the end of that 40-year build-up, yeah, I felt a bit kind of empty, a bit let down coming out after that first viewing. But you went to see it a second time, didn't you? I did, yes. And what do you think now? And I came out and kind of echoing what John said, it was a really good, a really fun Star Wars film. John, did you see it twice or just the once? I've only seen it the once, so I've not been able to uh, find the time to uh, get back in and see it, but I definitely do want to see it, mainly to... Um, settle a few uh, doubts and a few um, issues that I had with it. But yeah, I I think it would stand up to second view. We'll put it this way, I haven't seen a Star Wars film yet that didn't stand up to second view. Interesting I enough. Sorry. I would agree with that completely, John. I don't think there is a Star Wars movie that isn't even better the second time around. Rogue mm, One well. being the perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting enough, I wanted to go and see Rise of the Skywalker for a second time, but but I'm going to go and watch all the other films first. I'm just going to watch them in chronological order. No machete order, no order release, just chronological. And then go back and see Rise of the Skywalker. I got as far as the prequels. I just didn't have the time. But to be saying that, I've watched the film a second time. It's, it was a, maybe the third time I've seen Phantom Menace. And it wasn't as good as I remember. Attack of the Clones wasn't as bad as I remember, but it was still terrible. And Rise of the Sith was exact. Rise of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith was exactly as I remembered. I still have many issues with that film. I've got many issues with all the prequels. I don't have any issues with this film, so I'm quite curious to see what your issues are regarding it. Well, what I think is it starts off at a certain pace, which is pretty much relentless with the first 45 minutes. It starts off with a huge info dump with the crawl. If you, if you look at the crawl itself, there's probably about half a film there that you could probably get out of the crawl alone when they, they say, oh, the Emperor's back and this happened and that happened. You're going, oh, whoa, 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 wait, wait, I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that, the case of, isn't that the case of all the Star Wars movies? I mean, I'll, I'll stop the Rogue One jokes, but they made an entire film out of crawl before, so I totally take your point. Um, but that's the case of all the movies, right? I mean... Of course, it's a, the passage of time and the montage stuff, this, isn't it? Yeah. But has yeah. there been anything quite as significant in the crawl as 
oh my god, the Emperor's back. I mean, it's funny you should say that, John. One of the things that really bugged me about this film versus any of the other eight in the series is the opening crawl cuts to space and usually ships flying. And yes. This one cuts to slow motion action. I'm sorry, what other films ever done that in the Star Wars series? So you're right, 45 minutes of fast-paced action that starts in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. kind of hurts slightly. I know it's really petty, but it did. No, you're right. You're totally right. It usually pans down to a ship, um, usually involved in a battle. You're totally right. I hadn't thought about that at all. Mm-hmm. Good point. Do you know what's funny regarding the crawl? And this is going to sound really stupid in retrospect, and it sounds stupid me saying it. I forgot there was going to be a crawl. And I was kind of sitting there, and then the kind of title came up in the crawl. I got really excited. <laughs> You've watched Crawl yeah, one too many times. <laughs> well, I think it'd been, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's like it's only been two years since the last like Star Wars episode. But I think with Solo being in between and stuff, I don't know, it just felt like longer. And. I hadn't seen any. I hadn't seen any trailers for this actually. I managed to avoid it all. I went in very like fresh regarding it. I actually forgot about the Emperor coming back in the previous film and stuff like that. And when the crawl came up, I just I got quite excited about seeing a Star Wars film. The yeah, it was it's... Back in the previous film. Emperor back in Last Jedi. Yeah. No, it was um, at the Star Wars celebration that he first. He's in the trailer. I just combined those two events, clearly. I was just creating men for them. <laughs> so, taking it a wee bit further, what did you think about the, the main characters? Obviously, we have uh, the journey of Ray from foundling to whatever she is now. Um, and obviously, there's a, a whole bunch of other characters who were introduced in this trilogy and obviously returning characters. What did you feel about how they actually progressed them in the third film, and do you think it actually worked? I think we need more Poe, for my liking. We always need more Poe. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, well. very, very disappointed that Finn and Poe didn't happen. I think, that, to me, especially in Last Jedi, and again in this one, I felt they were trying to find a, a romantic angle for Finn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the chemistry genuinely was there with Poe. I would agree with that. I would agree with that completely. Mm -hmm. I think for Poe, his journey was quite an interesting one. He may not have become the leader that Leia wanted him to be, but I think he became the leader that the Resistance needed. Um, In many ways, he was a bit like Han. He wanted to just get in there and do. And he didn't want to, he wanted to be, I hate to use it, a rebel. And he wanted to just fight and shoot and you saw all that, you know, his mistakes at the beginning of The Last Jedi and what that um, caused. Um, and he didn't want to stand up and be the leader of the general that perhaps Leia saw him as being the, you know, the next in line to do. But I think he did become the leader that he had to in the end. And in the end, he absolutely did the right thing. Yeah. Do you think he did become a leader? If you think about it, uh, for his time in The Last Jedi, he had quite a strong story arc. He yes, went he from being this person who didn't uh, really trust authority at all. He wanted to do everything his own way. But he came to realise through, obviously, his actions and the actions of those around him, especially uh, when they were being pursued across the galaxy, the importance of leadership and the importance of uh, doing things the right way. Now, at the end of The Last Jedi, he was poised to... He, he had changed 
But at the start of Rise of the Skywalker, it almost reset back to uh, Force Awakens uh, character. It, it's almost as if his development it just says, we don't want that. We want him to be more of a roguish Han Solo well, type character. Well, I make Han Solo comparisons all the time with Poe, but it's a really good challenge. I think what if you think about the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker and when Rey comes back to base and the other two are having an argument with her about her off in some damn fool crusade as opposed to you're meant to be here and fighting, you're the Jedi, you've got all the powers and why aren't you supporting us? He was, okay, it was it was more aggressive than just a chat, but he was trying to instill some kind of direction and leadership there. Mm. I, I, I think that I kind of get what John's saying. By the end of The Last Jedi, you were looking at him as the leader the, the, the person that coordinates it rather than being the leader out there in the field. And then when it came to this film, he's back out there in the field again. Yeah, I can't can't disagree with that. That's kind of where the majority of my criticisms with this with, with Rise of Skywalker comes from, where I feel that The Last Jedi took people took characters in a certain direction and this spun it backwards again. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. It, it seemed that, obviously, with uh, the fact that J.J. Abrams returned and for some bizarre reason that they hadn't plotted out three films, which I just do not understand at all why they, they buy a property like Star Wars and then launch a trilogy but don't actually plot out three films and let them do what they want and therefore causing changes and a bit of friction and... Uh, like storylines that uh, they really have to work at in order to get right. It just, it didn't seem quite right to me. But I would, I would agree with that completely. Overall, I think they, they just about got away with it. I would like to sit down and watch this latest trilogy in a wonder, you know, to, to mm-hmm. go through all three films and see how they fit together. For me, I mean, I know I'm, perhaps a bit of a, a fanboy here, but if you think about it, what Star Wars does really well is all all of the films, all of the, the you know, whether the nine film or the trilogy, whatever you want to call it, it's all about journeys. It's all about people accepting who they are. It's all about finding themselves and so on and so forth. And of all of, of the three main characters, um, in fact, you could include Kylo in this one as well, They've all, they all go on journeys, and I think Pose is the most disappointing of them all. Finn's got a really interesting arc. I think there, would, there should be more to Finn. Uh, Ray's got an excellent arc, and Kylo's got a fantastic arc as well. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, Pose probably the, well, those Tico as well. But yeah, um, Pose really disappointing of the original the original trilogy mob. Yes, especially with how uh, strong he was in the first, first two films. And yeah, you can like rally behind him. Like I said, it's, it's not I didn't enjoy him in this film. I just felt it was very underutilized. And speaking of kind of character arts and that, like for me, going into the film, I thought it was going to be all about Ray with Kyle Ren. But I mean, even the name of the film, Ride of the Skywalker, everybody thinks it's going to be JJ saying, "Well, actually, you know what? She was looked daughter all along, but it still swung back round to Kyle Ren and his journey from yeah. evil villain to redemption." Even though he was kind of just uh, remaking Return of the Jedi, because that's what J.J. Abrams likes doing, just remaking Star Wars films. Yeah, see, I disagree with... No, I don't disagree with the Kylo thing. <laughs> I disagree with the remaking thing. 
completely. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that as a film, just that story out type thing. You just had like, I yeah, think you could Ray, fight, Ray fighting the emperor and the bad guy becoming a good guy to save her type thing. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm being a bit kind of. I know you are, but all everything sits in a stanza, right? And all three trilogies have the same, have the same beats and have the same shapes, right? Yeah. They absolutely do, and you've got a whole pile of things that occur many, many times in all of the films, from Anakin being persuaded and lied to by Chief Palpatine to then be fearful of the death of his wife, to moving forward and more pawns and more changes and you know deceit happening, to getting into these films and it's the exact same again. I mean, you've there's so many things that repeat and you think, I've seen this before. Are they just out of ideas and uh, repeating, you know, making Return of the Jedi again? Or is it they're meant to have these echoes? I mean, there's an interview with George Lucas where he says that these things are meant to repeat. These things are meant to go in cycles. And all three trilogies have the same villain in the last film of the trilogy. Yeah. You know, and, and way beyond that, there's... There's lots of examples, you know, from Luke raising the X-Wing at the end of this one and doing the thing that he couldn't do but watched his Jedi Master watch Yoda raise it in Empire and so on and so forth. Yeah, there was, a lot of, there was definitely a lot of fan service in this one. I'm, I'm comparing it more to, like, uh, The Last Jedi, which very much did its own thing for the most part. And strangely enough, that's where the biggest criticisms came from, a lot of people, where they felt it was too almost independent in a way of Star Wars quote-unquote lore. Well, see, I, I, I can see what Gareth is saying with the, the kind of, you know, the echoes of the previous films and the X-Wing thing also, the, the lightsaber battle in the, the old Death Star throne room. And I think that's really important to it. I think it worked really well for the most part. No, that's the thing. I, I agree. It's like, yeah, these are things. I, I was popping for it. I really enjoyed them kind of raising the X-Wing, Chewie getting his medal at the end and things like that. I liked it, but interestingly enough, that seemed to be one of the biggest issues I've seen people having with it. Comparing that with The Last Jedi, where people are saying, oh, this isn't my Star Wars, to people saying, well, this is my Star Wars, but it's too it's too familiar. I, I think it's... When you look at Force Awakens, it was very much a fan service film. In a lot of ways. It really, really brought back for me anyway, it brought back that feeling that I felt even now when I watched the original trilogy. And then you go to The Last Jedi and they, they, he really did. He blew all my expectations out of the water and I absolutely loved it. What I struggled with this one is that it, it did go, a little bit go back to fan service. Yeah, but even in The Last Jedi, you had you had moments that were echoes of previous, you know, Mm-hmm. You look at, 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 at the, forget the name of the planet at the end. Crete. Yeah. Um, and the echoes of Hoth. Yeah. Like I said, I never had these kind of issues of it, so to speak. You know, it's, um, I like I like the fan service in it. And especially when I back and watched the original, the original prequels, sorry. I watched the prequels again over Christmas. There's a lot of fan service in those films as well. I don't think it's done very well, though. It's very shoehorned in. Yeah, like, absolutely. Especially the bit when like, Yoda's talking to Chewie. And it just seems to like, reflect him by name for no reason other than to tell you who it is. What did you think of Chewie getting the medal at the end? I didn't like it. See, that's the thing, right? I didn't mind that. I didn't see any pressure with it. But some people went absolutely mental at it. I wouldn't go that far. But I didn't like it. I mean, it, it was Han's medal. 
So it's not even Chewie's medal, it's Han's medal. And how did Maz Kanata know that he was to have it? You've got to assume that off screen some point later said, I'll give this to Chewie, by the way. Um, or what's a really interesting story arc is Maz Kanata. How does she know all these things all the way through the films? Okay, you only see her briefly off screen fighting some unseen um, whoever it is, attackers during The Last Jedi in a sort of Skype call, if you like. Um, but other than that, in The Force Awakens, she has all these artifacts. She knows everything, knows everybody, has huge relationships. And she was kind of demoted somewhat in this film. Um, I think to cover off all these aspects, you would end up with a four or five hour movie, to be fair. But yeah, how did Maskinata know that Chewie didn't get a medal? Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't it's think it's necessary. It's interesting you mentioned that Gareth would be like a four or five hour film and you said earlier, John, about the kind of the, the, the crawl could have been a film in itself. Mm-hmm. You get the impression that Rise of the Skywalker was actually J.J. Abrams uh, eight and nine. Yeah. That was I, his two that was his two the final two parts of the trilogy. I did read a rumour um Run about. Oh, I saw him being interviewed in Good Morning America two days before the film was released in the US, or so the day before it was here in the UK. And he, somewhere along the lines of the interview, said that he'd actually spoken to Kathleen Kennedy to do a Harry Potter for the final and try and get it into two movies and get told resolutely no. Um, so much so that the film that he submitted to the studio was six minutes longer than the film that um, he then saw at the premiere. Yeah, I've heard uh, about the kind of rumoured JJ cut, and he wasn't happy with his final ver- uh, final version that was released. Did you know much of that? I only what I've just said. I don't know if it's true yeah. or not. You, you know what it's you know what it's like on the internet. Yeah, I've actually deliberately not looked into it because either what, what, it. what's rumour, what's absolute nonsense. There's no point in it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Why do you think it is that um, Disney and uh, Lucasfilms have such problems with directors. It's just so they they never seem to uh, be totally in sync with them. If I you look at it across all of the, like across like Rogue One and uh, so Last Jedi, obviously they they seem to be very pleased with Ryan Johnson, but they seem to have backtracked on that. And now, obviously, you're talking about JJ uh, Abrams not been totally happy with the final product. I. As, as a- Fair point. And regarding Disney, Disney as well, quite a lot of Marvel directors have kind of walked. I was about, I was about to say that, Sammy. Yeah, completely. Um, and you look at um, Weiss and Benioff. Apparently, they were going to do a trilogy, and they've now backed out again. Mm-hmm. Why do I think? I have no idea, but it does feel like a large, um, a large corporate entity, which is you know, decision by committee, and they have got a brand to try and keep, and they're scared of risk. And that's why I think I love The Last Jedi so much. I think between that and the poor poor fan reception of Solo straight after it, they got really nervous and just got very controlling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it must be hard for, for a director to come in because the vast majority of the directors, you look at Abrams, you look at Ryan Johnson, they've grown up watching Star Wars, idolising Star Wars, idolising Lucas, and they're going to go in with the Star Wars film they want to make. And that's not necessarily what Disney's going to want to sell. Mm. Yeah. Because it seems to be initially they're they're all uh, singing from the same hymn sheet, but then things start to diverge. I mean, you only have to look at uh, Colin Trevorrow as well, who was originally uh, 
meant to be directing this episode of the Star Wars franchise. So he was. He got unceremoniously booted off. Yes, he did. I'd quite like to have seen an Abrams trilogy. I understand that there's a lot of uh, fan service and oh, weird decisions that people either like or don't like, you know, on the sort of Marmite side, but to the point that we've been making in this conversation is so much is crammed into nine. There is almost a retcon of eight and Abrams has tried to make his trilogy out of seven and nine. And if he had just been given the trilogy, it might have been better paced or, you know, it might have flowed somewhat nicer. But I'm really glad that we got Ryan Johnson's Last Jedi. I don't want to be in a world where The Last Jedi doesn't exist, even if that, if even if that's at the expense of a more complete and rounded trilogy, because to me, The Last Jedi is one of my top three Star Wars movies. I love it. I absolutely love it. I can't yeah. say if it's my top three, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, I Again, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think the trilogy would have worked better, yeah, if it was Abraham's all the way through. But if that meant sacrificing The Last Jedi, I don't think I would do it. I mean, they didn't even need to have the same director over the three films, but some kind of, as you're saying, John, the fact that they were kind of, they didn't have an idea. Maybe mm. Disney did, and that's a problem, and they went realised after um, trying to give people different, I don't know, maybe with J.J. Abrams, they're like, that's right, here's what we're looking for, you're up for it, great. Ryan Johnson, okay, we'll try this, and then they're like, actually, no, and they can't try and rein it back in. Mm-hmm. And as you're saying, maybe like that different people or different directors are kind of leaving constantly. It's the same in the Marvel franchise as well. Scott Derrickson's just recently left Doctor Strange, which I'm very, very upset about. Uh, it must, you said as well, it's, it's difficult for a director to come in and establish franchise and try and put a stamp on it. Yeah, but if you go back to the original trilogy, all three of them have got different directors, but they've got one guiding force in Lucas. Is that the one guidance force, but it wasn't an established franchise at the time? No, it was now. No, I would agree with that, but I still, I, I wonder how much is director and how much is whoever's writing the script. And I know that Abrams is, uh, has written quite a bit of this script as well. And, and I saw on the second watch, I saw that Trevor o still has writing credits on Rise yeah, of Skywalker as well. Yeah, he's yeah, still got story that. credit. Yeah. yeah, I think that was a contractual thing. Obviously, they they dump him. They, he still got some sort of credit on the the movie, oh, I would think. Fun. But but I think he's probably he had input to the story. But he's obviously been very quiet about the whole thing because he just wants to uh, move on in the same way that Ryan Johnson hasn't really been talking about uh, the Star Wars films at all. Uh, not recently, anyway, since uh, he was been out promoting his his own work. He's mainly been concentrating on that and trying not trying to deflect questions that he's been getting asked in a lot of interviews he's been very polite about it and everything but he's been saying you know what about you know this film i'm, I'm actually trying to punt here rather than uh, raking up over uh, the past yeah i mean he was given or allegedly given his own trilogy as well the force will be with you always Right, so uh, obviously the the elephant in the room with regards to the film is Carrie Fisher. What did you think of her input into the film? Obviously, I, I'm saying input, but obviously it was uh, pieces that were cut out of, I think it was the first film, wasn't it? Yeah. Force Awakens that they took a lot of the, of the dialogue from. Yeah. yeah. Both. I mean, some, some of her actual scenes about Never Trust a Droid, etc. are in the um, deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. 
mm-hmm. you can actually go mm-hmm. back and watch them and compare. I thought it was done particularly well. For Obviously, they only had uh, maybe about 10, 15 minutes worth of footage over in total. So in order to get any sort of cohesive uh, storyline out of that, I thought it was quite remarkable. And it seemed to fit in quite well. There was a few bits where she seemed to be standing about, you know, she was asked a question and she would just give a look rather than actually answer, answering a question. But obviously that's just down to the fact that they didn't want to try uh, too hard in terms of CG to make yes make her, her mouth move and things like that. It, it may not have looked as good as it, it did. Obviously, it looked very good because it was very natural and uh, she was just kind of painted into scenes. But what do you guys think? Do you think it worked? It worked I was surprised. Uh, yeah, I was, I was surprised how well it did work, to be fair. I, again, I, I think it worked really well. I think they did absolutely the best that they, they could have done with what they had. Mm-hmm. And they, they gave her a very uh, touching send-off as well, I thought, which I thought they were going to do in the last one. And I was surprised it didn't. And I'm like, okay, how are they going to do this? Are they going to just mention it in a crawl? Because that's a terrible, terrible idea. And no, I was very, very pleased that they didn't drop the ball in that, that aspect. The crawl was already very busy. Um... <laughs> P.S. <laughs> princess is going to die and be back to her home planet. And the princess... turned into a franchise in itself. The Princess of Alderaan, yeah. Um, I liked the way she died. I think it tied up beautifully with... Um, Luke's story in Jedi where the force projecting and this is this is up for debate I guess uh, amongst the four of us Han appearing in front of Kylo and them having a discussion and him and Kylo going I know you're just a memory I sometimes wonder if that was partly Leia's interjection force projection type stuff going on which then caused her to pass in the same way that Luke passed when he did his force projection and the same way that they choose to go to the force when they know that they have done what they needed to do like Obi-Wan did when he sees the new hope when he's battling Vader on the original Death Star as Yoda does um, in Return of the Jedi when he sees that Luke has completed his training and so on so I think it, it worked very very well as the sort of natural and fitting passing of a Jedi yeah, I can't say any better than that. Yeah, spot mm-hmm. on. What did you think of the the increased use of force powers and things like that? There seemed to be an awful lot more and a lot, lot more variety this time and what they could do with the force. I'm thinking in particular of uh, being able to hand lightsabers across to each other using just the force and across great distances. Force timing each other, yeah. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It bugged me more in The Last Jedi than it did in this one. I think I became accepting of it. I think it... <clears throat> I may be wrong here, but I think as you go across all the films, their use of the Force gets greater. And if you go off the film series into the Rebels or Resistance cartoons and everything else, the you know their abilities, they have got other abilities than what you originally saw in that, that first original trilogy. So it didn't bother me too much. It didn't bother me at all, but I do think that it's it's partly to do with the evolution of film itself, because everything's got to be bigger than, than what came before. I mean, one of the things I liked is that different Jedi and different Sith have different powers. You know, Palpatine is known for his Force Lightning, and we'd choose that over Lightsaber most times, you know. So, I mean, you've seen the prequels most recently. Um, but 
Obi-Wan was very much a, a natural character who, you know, never used a blaster, so uncivilized, and was very at, at one with the world and the environment. And then you look to Anakin or you look to any of the other Jedi, they're, they're all different and have different powers and different abilities. And I think Rey, given we now know her entire um, line, family line, she's got some pretty awesome heritage and some pretty awesome powers at her disposal. So it didn't surprise me at all. Yeah, we're not talking uh, Superman 2 here when he just invents powers out of thin air. When he pulls the, the S off his suit and throws it as a, like a, <laughs> a, a net and they start shooting lasers from their fingers. I'm like, what's going on here? But it kind of made sense in terms of the plot as well. I mean, they established like, the kind of like the them transferring the lightsaber at the end of stuff. They set it up earlier when Kylo grabs up the necklace. Yes. And he's holding it. And you kind of think to yourself, well, that's pretty cool. And then they do it later on, you're like, oh, well, that makes sense because we've seen them do it. They're just, just shoehorned it in. When I, I had no idea whatsoever that Ray was going to be Palpatine's daughter until she blew up the ship with the Force Lightning. And I yes. went, whoa, is that where they're going to go with this? Because I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. I think that was a great... Well, two things about that. I really thought Chewie was dead for... Mm-hmm about 90 seconds to two minutes (laughs) right but it was brilliant because if you look at palpatine's um manipulation of people and the force of the dark side is anger and killing people and all the things that kylo tried to do (laughs) to make himself badder and then she's suddenly killing her friends and you know all of that stuff I, i think it was a great setup of maybe she could go bad and maybe kylo has to redeem her which i think would be a nice a nice ending because i was watching it think you know it could go that way um yeah her being a palpatine worked brilliantly for me and i'm not going to be there yeah yeah i always knew that i absolutely didn't but one thing that sticks out and has always stuck in the back of my head on star killer base in the force awakens when ray is fighting kylo and she's just learning to fight she uses the exact same stance and the same lightsaber jabbing motions as Palpatine does against Yoda in Revenge of the Sith. And at that point, I thought, that's the same as Palpatine. Never did I think she's a Palpatine. I just thought, that's the same as Palpatine. And they all have their own fighting styles. I'd have to go back and watch that again to see to see that. I would, I would never have noticed that. That's, that's I've never watched it more than once. <laughs> but, of Kylo, but believe me, yeah, that is that's. I remember at the time watching it and thinking, "That's like Palpatine." That's pretty cool. Uh, cool. You like to think that's something. Obviously, the the, the thought about in advance of it, and JJ Abrams doesn't kind of sitting going, "Oh, so she is." <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gareth, what did you think of this scene? Oh, she looks like Palpatine. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I would just note that here, Ryan. You better mention this in the next film. I'm going to mention the Emperor, mate. <laughs> uh, Do you know that shows you don't make my top of the top of the crown. I was convinced the Emperor was in the last film. That's, that's how much I just wrecked on the series of my own head. I'm actually, I'm actually more annoyed at the crown now than I was. Well, the very, the opening line is the dead speak. Yeah, which is uh, you know him coming back at that point. Um, I like the fact that he's back. I like that bookend of all three trilogies, as I mentioned before. It's the same villain, and actually, yes, it's the Skywalker saga, but once you've seen it, it's the Palpatine saga. It's all of the people he manipulates. He 
he manages to control almost all of them. He preys on all of their fears from Ray looking for acceptance and identity, from Kylo wanting to be like his grandfather and Anakin wanting to prevent the death, you know, having witnessed the death of his mother and wanting to prevent the death of his wife and therefore causing it all the way through all of that. It doesn't happen to Ray. She stands up to it. She doesn't turn yeah. to her. She doesn't do any of those things. But it is, it's a Palpatine saga, not a Skywalker saga. That's a fair point. I mean, it's that kind of way, it's just like uh, the, the names of the Rise of Skywalker. And it kind of gave me a little bit of the fear when it first came out, because watching Force Awakens, it kept playing up the idea, I gave you the idea that Ray was going to be Luke's daughter. And I'm like, right, we've already done this. And I know there's a lot of fan service played here as it is, but let's not just, let's not just remake the entire trilogy in terms of like the plot points. Yeah. And when Ryan Johnson went, Ryan Johnson did it, he's like, oh, by the way, your parents were nobody. I'm like, I like this because it, it's something different. The title for Rise of the Skywalker, I thought, I really hope they're not going to try and go mm. back this way because that's what fans were expecting. I had no idea it's going to be Palpatine. And you've got kind of a double meaning for the name because obviously it's the Rise of Skywalker being Kyle Ren and his yes. redemption. But at the end of the film, Ray takes the name Skywalker, so it relates to her as well. Yes, completely. I'd I'd really like the way that it does, you know, come the end of the film, Ray is the Skywalker that has risen. Yes. Um, but going back to what Gareth was saying about, you know, would Ray turn uh, I never at any point during this film felt she was going to turn. That's one of I the never issues thought, I have with it. I never thought she was going to turn based on the fact that it was a Star Wars Disney type film. I never expected that much of a heel turn and her becoming this big villain towards the end. I thought it's going to end all happily. It's the end of a franchise, end of a trilogy, 40 years in the making type idea. But even though I didn't expect it to turn bad, the idea that she could, I was quite on board with. Yeah, I never, I never expected it. I, I, I'm happy with the way it finished up. And it's how I expected it to finish up. But I, at no point through the film, through this film, did I feel that it was ever in any jeopardy, that it was ever going to be questioned. Whereas during The Last Jedi, I did. And it's the same with Kylo. I feel that in this film, he was bad, 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 good. I didn't feel that there was any kind of there were no shades of grey, there was no battle, no no internal battle in this film. Of who, Kylo or Rey? Either. Either. So, for me, I think Rey is grey. I don't think she is... Um, I mean, I'm going to contradict myself here. She's, she's perfect in terms of she ends up ending that continual cycle. I mean, in many ways, you're, this, the whole thing ends as it, as it began. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they've gone full circle and there's peace in the galaxy and she looks out over that, that Tatooine sunset and everything else. But um, one of the things that stands out for me is that in The Last Jedi, when Luke tries to train her and she's doing the whole meditation thing on top of a rock in an island, she um, causes the rocks to shatter and everything's all shuddering and Luke is absolutely petrified of her and he says something along the lines of, you went straight to the dark, you went straight to the dark and you didn't stop, or what's that effect? And um, she's a Palpatine, of course she did. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's the bloodline. But for me, it was about her finding her place in the world and her search for family and acceptance. And she found her family and she got her identity 
But actually, she just chose not for bloodlines. She chose for the actions, and her action was to stay good. But for me, the really, really interesting point in all of this was she built her own lightsaber. The past has to die. Bury it. She buried the past within the two lightsabers. She buried Luke's, Luke and Leia's, and she made her own. And her own lightsaber was yellow. Mm-hmm. Not red, but... not blue, not green, but yellow. Mm. And if you look at something like Rebels, the Jedi Sentinels, who are grey Jedi, are the only ones that have got yellow lightsabers in the galaxy. I thought it was a nice touch. Nice, yep. Didn't realise that. Let the final battle begin. For me, one of the best elements of this film was the the dramatisation of C-3PO. I thought his sort of mini arc was excellent. The fact that for so many of the films, he's the butt of the joke. He's the one that's told to shut up because he's fluent in over six million uh, forms of communication, but he's just annoying in every one that he uses. Whereas here, he actually became something of a bit of a hero by sacrificing himself. And I thought he had one of the most touching moments in the whole film, the, where, where he was just about to get um, reset, and he says, I just want to see my friends one last time. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was beautiful. I thought that was absolutely cracking moment. And then you got a wee bit of humour after that when he came back and he didn't remember anything. And uh, he introduced the other uh, small robot as his oldest friend. Yeah, I just thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was done absolutely beautifully i'd seen the the line in the trailer just taking one last look at my friends and i thought oh this is going to be cheesy as i thought they did it <laughs> absolutely brilliantly little nod that i liked is when he went back to the base and he met r2d2 he went hi i'm c3po human cyborg relations <laughs> exactly as he did in the phantom menace it's the exact exact <laughs> same verbatim introduction to when he first met r2 which makes sense yeah, a nice beat and repeat, you know. Yeah. He was a surprise. I thought it just, as I said before, he was a, a big surprise in terms of the, the amount of screen time he got compared to previous films and the fact that he was taken more seriously. A nice wee touch, I thought, was the, I can't remember the name of the, the robot that was introduced to Eel. the the small, Eel. the sad, sad. That was J.J. Abrams that voiced that. Yeah. One of the better cameos as far as I was well, I saw John Williams at the cameo as well. He was a barman. Who else? Lynn manuel Miranda was on it. He wrote the song, didn't he, that uh, was playing in the bar that they were in? And he was, <laughs> and he was uh, one of the rebels, rebel uh, troopers or something towards the end, I think, of the big celebration. So what was your thoughts on Han Solo coming back for that uh, dream sequence stroke? Force ghost type-like memory? It's. I wonder I... if it, I wonder if Carrie hadn't died, if it would have been Leia, and I think that the end result was the same. I think yeah. that it was about Ben realizing that for all these dark and bad and negative movements and actions and everything else, that he was um, redeemed and he, you know, he was forgiven. And I think that's another one of these repeating story arcs. But it does go back and kind of echo the the position they were in when Kylo killed them and yes. Force Awakens. So maybe it was going to be Han. I don't. I, I thought it worked really well. I liked that. I loved it. I think I it, it may even have been the same um, dialogue, give or take. I know what I have to do and all that stuff. I think they they said that again. 
Yeah, it's been it mean it goes to him, Dad, I and he just cuts him off and says, I know. I was like, Oh man. Yeah. Yep. It feels. Yep. <laughs> that's that's the impression thanks, Mark. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Can I yeah, just can jump I, back a wee bit? Sorry, I was going to ju- jump back too, so let's see where you go. I was going to jump back to Kylo Ren's character arc regarding uh, in contrast with A. Exactly what I was going to say as well. When we were talking about Ray potentially turning dark or whatever. Yes. I actually wondered, and I know it's Disney, but I actually wondered if she was going to die and was going to live, and that would have been, in fact, Rise of the Skywalker. It helps, you know, when you know the title of the film. Um, but I then thought to myself, his arc was fantastic. I mean, Han himself said, you know, something about hooky religions and ancient weapons when you go back to A New Hope. And here we have an almost biblical moment where the greatest sacrifice and for another is dying, you know, and yeah. it's dying, it's, it's choosing to die through love. And I think it worked perfectly. He did it because he knew that uh, Ray was, was she in fact the chosen one? I, I believe she's a grey Jedi. I believe she's the one that actually brings balance to the Force. None of the pretenders in previous movies. And Kylo knew that, and he was willing to die for it. Yeah, could, could, be, could be completely spot on. I wouldn't argue with that. And you were saying, can I agree about how you never really expected Ray to turn bad? Although it probably looks kind of obvious in retrospect, I never saw Kylo turning good at any point. I always thought they were going to just stay at opposite kind of ends. Obviously, they kind of hinted at teaming up in Last Jedi, albeit more of a kind of like dark side team up. I didn't really expect any redemption from Kylo Ren in a way. I just, obviously, I didn't see him and Palpatine being best buddies because obviously they were in kind of conflict and something's going to give. I was surprised that Kylo went full good guy. And I got in a nice way because I thought it worked. I did like it. I think, I I always felt for both Kylo and Ray that their draw to each other was almost stronger than their draw to either the dark side or the light side. And that's the struggle that I saw in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Are it's we a- drawn together and will we go dark, will we go light? Whereas I felt in this film, it was very much, they were much more polarised. Well, didn't she say, I mean, there's two things. So they introduced this concept of the dyad. We are a dyad where there's two, you know, they're both from strong family lines and so on. But then didn't she say herself, it's something about, I asked you, he says, I asked you to join me and you didn't do it or where. I I asked you to take my hand. Yeah, and and you wouldn't do it. And she says, I would have taken Ben's hand. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you completely. It wasn't it wasn't about Kylo, it was about Ben. And he had to yeah. become Ben for that to be the perfect closure. Um <laughs> Simi, you were talking about him not seeing him being redeemed at the end, but he wanted to be like his grandfather and even he was redeemed in the end. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. I'm saying retrospect, kinda of looking back a bit, but as I was watching it, I just didn't think that's the way they were gonna go with it. I didn't I didn't really know what they were gonna do. I wasn't really thinking about it. I kinda of like went in uh, with not really much in the way of expectations. Uh, I thought I'd avoid the trailer. Turns out I'd seen it and thought it was Last Jedi. And... <laughs> Which you just loved, by the way. You think it's the best movie. So, I mean, that's... that's... Yeah, all two and a half minutes of it. Maybe that's why, yeah. <laughs> it's very quick for a Star Wars film, but it ticks all the boxes. And with this, I just wasn't really too sure where it was going to go in terms of that. I mean, it turns out Ray's Palpatine's 
uh, family and stuff, and what well, this is really interesting. And I just I was watching it without trying to second guess it or figure it was coming next. I was just enjoying the ride for what it was. Uh, what was your thoughts on the kiss between the two of them? I didn't think there was an issue with it when I watched it, but it does seem to be causing a bit of a stushy in the fanboy community. And I have my so I, I have my own issues with it, but not in regarding the film. And I'll explain in a minute. It was a little unnecessary, I thought, because you already see the what the bond is between them uh, in life and in death, because uh, they basically gone out of their way to save each other. So a, a kiss at the end was, you know, it's it's a movie moment really, but I thought it was a wee bit unnecessary. No, I wasn't didn't bother me either way whether it was there or whether it wasn't, but um, I don't know. I can see why it was there, but I didn't really think it was necessary. I didn't think it was necessary, but I'll tell you what I liked about it. It reminded me of Romeo and Juliet and that sort of playing back to classical text and the whole thing's born and, you know, built in folklore and other other great stories, be it Bible or whatever. So, yeah, I think it was necessary to keep that. But if it never happened, I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah, they didn't need it to solidify their bond. It's been established by this point. It didn't bore me. Uh, but if, I, if I think about the original trilogy, you've got a problematic kiss with Leia yeah. and Luke. And then the prequels, you've got the problematic grooming of uh, Anakin <laughs> by Padme. This is taking a ton to the dark side, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. If this mission fails, it was all for nothing. What did you think about the Ewoks? I fucking hated them. I thought that was just one step too far obviously there was going to be uh, some form of a a celebration at the end but having the I know it was Warwick Davis and Warwick Davis's son who were the Ewoks but I thought fucking Ewoks man you know really yeah I'm not I'm not involved with the Ewoks either John I'm with you in that one they didn't really bother me that much but I was like I could have done without them I can Ewok yeah, they managed to cut seven minutes out of the film. Didn't cut out the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but Ewoks, Ewoks are good soft toys, man. You know that's... exactly. That's that's probably by Ryan Johnson. I would call him Trevor. Left the franchise. <laughs> Put some Ewoks in the film. I love the Ewoks. Put the Ewoks in the film. You're gonna make the film. Fine, I'll go make Jurassic Park three. Up Jurassic World three. Even. <laughs> to be honest with you, John, I'd forgotten the Ewoks were in it. So that's how much I think I cared either way. <laughs> now, now you've described the scene, I remember it, but it didn't bother me in the slightest. I mean, yeah. No. Ewoks. Right. So, favourite moments from the film? This film in particular, what was your favourite moments? Oh, for me, um, my favorite, my two favourite moments were... Oh, three. I'm going to have my top three moments in no particular order. In the order that it happened in the film, I should say. When four. Ray... I've got four. <laughs> I've got three. Three. I've definitely three. When Ray uh, blows up the ship with a force lightning, because I'm like, well, this just got real. When Han Solo comes back and gives a wee kind of nod to Empire, I love that. And Kylo Ren's lightsaber battle at the end, when... Ray transports the lightsaber to him. He kind of grabs it and he kind of gives you kind of shrug, and then just starts slaughtering people. I like that. I love that. I thought I love Adam Driver. I thought he's been absolutely brilliant in these films. It's been so. absolutely sensational. Yes, I would agree. That's my top three moments. Gareth, what about you? 
I'm with Semi on the Force Lightning with Ray and it being as much a surprise for her as it was for the audience. And yeah, shit got real. I really liked it. In many ways, I think part of me wishes that Chewie had then died at that point, but could you imagine the backlash from the fans um, post the movie? But it would have been a really nice, yeah, this is actually quite yeah. dark and, and things are happening. I quite like that about it. Um, for me, almost every scene where Ray and Kylo were together, I liked, especially when they were fighting, mm-hmm. and even at, even at the end of Hexagon, and they were you know, and they they were teaming up. My favorite bit in the Last Jedi is the throne room scene against Snoke. Oh, uh, absolutely! Yeah. So this had a couple of them, and when they were in the old Emperor's throne room in the old Death Star two, um, yeah, they, those were my favorite scenes. Yeah, I'd have to echo that. My favourite scene was that uh, the battle in the old throne room. I thought that was spectacular. Just everything to do with the uh, the the Death Star and just the fact that there's like sixty foot waves and everything all around it just looks spectacular. And the fight and then how it went outside and everything as well. I just thought that was absolutely fantastic. I think the whole film just looked sensational from beginning to end. Yeah. I would really say I've just got a top one, and it was 3PO taking one last look at his friends. It really got me. Yeah, can't argue with that, even though I did. Even though I didn't include it in my top three, as a, a good moment. Yeah, none of us top, included it, but yeah, we won't argue with you. <laughs> top five. Yeah. If you're not top ten. What we've done all this time. What are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. What do you think's coming next? Do you think they're going to expand some of these characters that have developed in this trilogy? Not the main ones, obviously, because uh, this obviously was a trilogy of trilogies about the Skywalkers, so that's kind of been put to bed, but you've got a whole uh, universe of characters there which are sort of ripe for exploitation, whether it's across uh, Disney Plus TV uh, franchise or whether it's in the movies, what do you think? I think. Sorry, I think before Solo, I think there was an opportunity for a Poe Dameron series, movie, whatever. I think the the maybe lukewarm response to that might have put paid to it. Mm-hmm. Possibly, yeah. yeah. I mean, but obviously, there's. Sorry, on you go. One thing oh. I would like is maybe a bit more Knights of Ren. Yeah. Doesn't mean they can't come back. Hey. <laughs> See what it did there. I mean, how, many, how many people died in Rise of the Skywalker and came back? You know? <laughs> I think what's interesting, for me, I would like to see another trilogy. Um, making standalone movies is alright, but if you compare it to Disney's other massive franchise, which obviously is Marvel, you've got all these films that are interconnected to a point, but there's also trilogies within all of them. So mm-hmm. you've got the Captain America series or the Iron Man series and, and Ad Infinitum. But Marvel has got a much richer comic book history to glean from than the thin Skywalker line. And I think these nine films have done their job and that's it. 
I think if they start just making individual films, I for one really, really enjoyed Solo and didn't like Rogue One. I know I'm in the minority of the majority of people in that front. I'm quite disappointed they're not making a second Solo because I want to see more of Darth Maul, frankly. I really enjoy Solo. Yeah, that's that's good to know. <laughs> I thought I was the minority. Um, I, I think Disney Plus is going to ruin it for people. I know they're making... Um, an Obi-Wan series. That's a shame. That should have been a film, but it's not going to be because of Solo. It's kind of frustrating. They tried to do too much too soon and they got backlash. And I think they're they're already winding that back because, I mean, when Disney first purchased it, they were talking about, I think, a film every year, something like that. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, so they're already, you know, backtracking on that because I think they've realised that maybe the, the audience is a bit more... What's the word? Picky's not quite the word, but you know, we want a Star Wars film to be special. We don't want just churned out one after the other. I would agree. They might be a bit more hands off as well. Uh, it might work in the favour of creatives this time, rather than uh, producers. That because they're not as tied to the Skywalkers and the the fact that they have to sort of protect this brand it can be a wee bit more easy on them and let these people do whatever they do because as you say if it's new characters people aren't going to get as upset as they, they seem to have got with uh, this trilogy it can be a good yeah, thing I know that a lot of people are upset with the new characters in this trilogy as well people will just find something to rage about yeah of course they do but that's just the way of it these days isn't it they're going to complain about something do you just remake them we make the original trilogy. We make it all new actors. Do you know what? As crazy an idea as that sounds, it could happen. Okay, so if that's us regarding Star Wars, um, I think it's safe to say we were all f- fans of this film, but let's just uh, make it official. I, For me, it's a recommend. John? Yeah, definitely recommend. Any Star Wars film would be a recommend, but yes. Gareth? It's a must, otherwise what you've been doing, watching the other eight. <laughs> Graham? I recommend, and not only that, I recommend if you didn't like it the first time, you go and see it a second time. What an endorsement. And that's from a man himself who did not like it that much the first time. But yeah, that's quite unanimous. We're all fans here of uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. It's been getting mixed reviews of like, the professional critics, but what do they know? They're all just shows for... <laughs> Didn't the they love Last Jedi? Didn't they love Last Jedi? Yeah, critics love Last Jedi. Audiences hated it, and in, in generalisation terms, and this one, the audiences loved it, but the critics were not fans. Is that not kind of similar to Jedi? And Jedi came out with a very similar reaction. It'd be interesting to see if the critics are now mirroring <laughs> the reviews. <laughs> well, these things have to their own like trilogies to work on here. Yeah, exactly. As indeed. Well, that's the first podcast of the new, and you said new millennium now, new decade and the new year. I'd like to thank uh, Gareth and Graham for taking time out of night to come and speak Star Wars with me and John. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. It's been an absolute Cheers, pleasure. Guys. So hopefully we'll get you back in the podcast again in the future. Uh, John, yeah. that'll be our Star Wars film at some point, trust us. 
And John's all the pleasure as usual to podcast with your good self. And have you anything you want to plug before we leave? Anybody? Check out Music Scramble. It would be nice. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Go on musicscramble.co.uk or is it .com these days? .co.uk. Yep. We're not, we're not as good looking as the movie guys, but um, we, we talk a good game. Yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying, really. <laughs> John, have you had any emails? Uh, surprisingly, no. We've still not received a single email on the account, so uh, we're starting off. <laughs> we're continuing as we, we go normally. But if anybody does have any requests for anything they want us to look at, uh, to review, uh, just anything at all, you can get us on podcast.moviescramble.co.uk. Can we be called the entire podcast? Would you actually call the film by the correct name? You've been calling it Rise of the Skywalker. It's called yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Do you, know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right, Jeff. I do. Yeah. Right, thanks very much, guys. That was our Star Wars special, our first special. I may add, and I'm sure it won't be our last. Let us know what you think. You can find us in the social medias at Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, all at Movie Scramble. Please get in touch. Thanks very much and good night. Good night. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. If this mission fails, it was all for nothing. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Tickets available now.